it's Sam and Scott from Ship It Studios Premier Wrestling Podcast, Above the Ring. And Sam, let's talk about Riverside.fm, the leading podcast and video creation platform that's changing the game on how creators record their content. Riverside.fm allows you to record studio-quality audio and up to 4K video on their platform. Now you can interview a guest a thousand miles away, and it will sound like you're sitting in the same room. Did you know that it's as easy to use as Zoom, but it gives much higher quality audio and video recordings? Did we mention that they have a mobile app? This allows guests to connect directly from their phone and record content from anywhere. After your content is finished, you can easily grab clips to share them across your social media channels. So if you're looking for a platform to put over for all your recording needs, from podcasts to webinars to other video content, you should be using uh, Riverside.fm. Sign up today so you can focus on your content and leave the quality to Riverside.fm. Use promo code SHIPIT and receive 30% discount on the first three months of your subscription. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Above the Ring. I'm your host, Sam the SLB. Alongside me today is the man behind the Twitter, the other half of this operation. Of a third of this operation, my bad, Scott. Scott, how are we doing today? Ah, uh, Sam, it's Thursday. You know what that means. Time for another wonderful episode of Above the Ring. And boy, do we have lots of news on the road to WrestleMania. Yes, we do. Scott, do, do, do you know? Do, do, do you know that this will be the last normal episode of Above the Ring for a few weeks? It's, that's, that is true. Heavy breathing initiated, guys. Yeah. If, if, they, if they're not annoyed with us by now. <laughs> guys, the road is coming to an end. Not in a bad way. A good way. Next week is our go-home show for NXT TakeOver. Leading in to WrestleMania week. Please make sure that you listen and check that out when it happens. Also, don't forget to listen to Scott's SmackDown study and Raw review that drop every Tuesday and Saturday. We're going to get right into this. A lot of shit going on. Going into Mania. Uh, first and foremost... um. Just want to mention, for those of you who still pay attention to Ring of Honor, I have not uh, with my, you know, very open schedule. <laughs> um, Ring of Honor's 19th anniversary show tonight, March 26th. I don't know who's watching. Um, decent card. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, um, skimming through it. I mean, it's not like it used to be. Um, you know, you have Roosh and Jay Lethal for the Ring of Honor Championship. EC3 taking on Jay Briscoe in a grudge match. Uh, Kenny King taking on Tracy Williams for the television title. Uh, Matt Taven and Vincent, formerly uh, Vinny the Horror King. Mark Briscoe and Flip Gordon. Jonathan Grisham, Dak, Dak Draper. Dalton Castle taking on uh, Josh Woods. It's been a while since I've watched Ring of Honor. Used to love watching Ring of Honor. Guys, I mean, if you, if you get a chance to check it out, definitely do and let us know what you think. Uh, 
latest news on the United Wrestling Network. Um, I guess they're currently trying to figure out the best way to bring this back. This was like the NWA replacement show on Fight TV. Um, I guess reading recent comments from Primetime Live, uh, from David Marquez, actually, um, it had to do with uh, paywall does not work. No matter how inexpensive we think it may be for the public, it's not going to be financially successful. I'm happy as a producer that we weren't too much in the red, but we definitely want to be in the black. So my team is negotiating with broadcaster streaming services and brands to cover the cost of the program so you don't have to pay to watch it. I can say we're closing close to closing our deal. It's my goal to be back on the air by this time of summer. So I was kind of curious. This is why I went looking for this. Um, since NWA Power came back, we will give you the results of that later on in the show. Um, hop over to Japan quickly. Um, some exciting news. Um, first and foremost, we have two finals for the New Japan Cup USA that are going to be on strong, I believe, later this evening. It doesn't even tell me. Yeah, later this evening. Um, actually, it's uh, two qualifying matches. I hope I'm looking at the right date. March 22nd. Yep. So, Clock Carnes is taking on TJP. Blake Christian is taking on Chris Dickinson. And obviously, I believe that has to do with the U.S. title. They're gonna Whoever wins this is going to wrestle John Moxley. Uh, speaking about New Japan. I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, Will Ospreay won the New Japan Cup this year. Taking on Shingo Takagi. Scott, I, I, I got caught up with a lot of shit, and I watched half of this match. Mm-hmm. This is definitely worth it. Like, first and foremost, I'm a huge Will Ospreay fan. I mean, he's definitely somebody who's... You can't talk wrestling outside of WWE without talking about Will Ospreay. Mm, that's true. Um, but also, if you're not familiar with Shingo Takage, definitely, definitely, he's he's also very talented. I think he took on Jeff Cobb at uh, the Tokyo Dome back in January. Another very talent, uh, talented man. I think he was in All Japan prior to that, or Dragon, maybe Dragon Gate. Not too uh, sure. But anyways, Will Ospreay did some Will Ospreay shit after he won the New Japan Cup. And I didn't even get this far. But he brings him up. Ospreay invited Ibushi to the ring. And I'm reading this off of Sports Kita. Um, He's talking to Ibushi. And he says he loves the world title more than anything. And by saying that, he hits an Oz cutter. Not just on his stablemate in the United Empire, but his girlfriend, Bea Priestley. <laughs> I saw that, and I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> because she is actually the stardom champion, which is the yes. sister um, promotion. Um, I guess the parent company of New Japan and stardom, um, well, they have the same parent company, so that's the sister promotion. So I guess that allows her to appear on New Japan. Um, so yeah, he will be taking on Ibushi for both belts, or the one belt, the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship on April 4th, 4 a.m. Eastern time, if you guys are interested, um, Mm -hmm. 
at Sakura Genesis 2021. That's a Sunday. 4 a.m. Eastern time. Oh, yeah, we can totally do that, Scott. We got time. Um, On a Sunday? I might still be up at that time, actually. (laughs) Um, Maybe that's why I'm so goddamn tired. (laughs) Yeah, you want to become a New Japan fan. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, so very, very light card going on here. Uh, full lineup, Doku, Zack Sabre Jr. and Taichi taking on J- uh, Jado, Tangalo, and Tamatanga. Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Yoshi, Hiroki Goto, Toriyanu, and Kazutsuko Kata Chaos. Um, taking on more members of the Bullet Club, Dick Togo, Taji Ishimori, Yoji Taks. Yoshi, Yojiro, Takahashi, Kenta, and Evil. Andrew's gonna fucking, like, own me on this one. I know he loves listening to me bot shit. <laughs> uh, Shigo Takage, yeah. Sonata, and Tetsuo Naito, ILJ, taking on uh, Jeff Cobb, Great Khan, and a mystery partner, mystery partner unknown, um, Satoshi Kojima and Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Battle Luck Valet, and Jay White, El Desperado, and Yoshinibo Kanamaru taking on Show and Yo for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team belts, as well as the main event with the heavyweight title. Um, I know it's always a good time to watch New Japan. I think New Japan is just as important, if not more important, sometimes um, to mention you know mention what's going on there, since a lot of talent, even that WWE has, has gone through the ranks of New Japan. It's true, and with a certain door that is open. You never know who's going to show up where. Um, I would. Don't, it's weird because I don't want to say it's a developmental brand because it's not. It's the second largest wrestling company in the world. But the way they groom their talent, mm. like it's almost developmental where they definitely make – it's definitely a grind. They grind their talent. They chisel them out perfectly. Like, like you've you've seen enough of New Japan, where you know it's. Some days you're like, are they flawless? <laughs> right. Like, I don't think there have been very few New Japan matches where I'm just like, oh, that was boring, or I don't want to think, you know, who cares about that. Um, speaking about the monster, um, Andrade got his um release finally from uh, WWE. Freedom. He actually did grant. He actually gave Triple H, Regal, and Paul Heyman a thanks for all their work, um, help with him over the years. Yep. Um, Which makes sense because when Heyman was in charge of Raw, he was pushing the younger talent, like or pushing the newer talent, like Andrade. He was pushing Alistair, you know. And now look at them. Andrade's gone. Alistair's like tucked away into a corner. He's probably still in his closet waiting for somebody to knock and pick a fight with him, but nobody's knocking. So, which is really unfair because I would love to see Tommy End just end some people. No pun intended. Mm-hmm. But, unfortunately, we don't get to see that. Uh... Yeah, no. Um, unfortunately, you know, keep in mind, guys, that Andrade is like down in CMLL, I believe, is wrestling royalty. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes from a family, a very 
prestigious family of res- uh, wrestlers down there, and also was the founding member of Los Ingobernables. So, with that being said, let's talk about this week's announcements. For the Hall of Fame, they announced two people this week, which I don't know if they did that because it was... Um, well, closer. It depends. There, there might be more than two, actually. <laughs> but we'll see what your two are. <laughs> well, the ones I did say that I picked, that I confirmed, are Kane, Glenn Jacobs, mm-hmm. which when I did see the video you sent me, I'm just like, dude. Oh, like, God. Like, you saw it in his face when Mark Carraway, the Undertaker, goes, yeah, by the way, I want to let you know that you are now uh, the next inductee to the 2021 uh, WWE Hall of Fame. And he just paw like he just was like <laughs> I, I saw his eyebrow twitch up and like it was like wait what and then he kind of like collected himself for a second and then he's like you're not joking you're being serious with this right and when he said that and and Taker was just like oh yeah being very serious you could just see you could just see Glenn's face and that when that happened I lost it at work. Like I had tears streaming down my face. I'm like, thank God nobody walked by my office. It was just like that raw emotion. And it's just like people wanna talk shit about the WWE Hall of Fame, but look at look at his reaction. Look at Molly Holly's reaction when she when the hurricane was able to tell her that she was the first inductee this year. It's just like it means something, and it just sucks so bad for me personally, and for all of us because we can't see this in person. We can only watch it on Peacock, or if you're on the rest of the world, you can still watch it on the WWE Network. Kane has been my favorite wrestler since his arrival on the scene, and I was desperately hoping that he'd hold out. Until, you know, maybe next year going with his... I'm assuming Taker will be the headliner of Dallas' WrestleMania next year. Maybe go in with him. Because by then, hopefully this world is back to normal. We can go to an access and I can get my WWE World Heavyweight Championship signed by him. That was my goal. Unfortunately, now that's probably not going to be the case. So it's a little... It's a little sad, but... That's just from a selfish standpoint. I'm very, very happy that he's getting in. Obviously, it's well-deserved, and I'm very excited to see what he says during his um, his speech because I don't know if people know this, but the man is very intelligent. Like, even outside of, like, wrestling, like, he's a very, very smart individual. Obviously, people like him enough. They, they, they voted a mayor. And he's running for re-election, so if you're in Knox County, you best be voting for Kane. That's all I gotta say about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was it was definitely a moment. Um, I and I'm gonna tell you, and I think I said it to you. And again, it's not again nothing against Glenn Jacobs at all, nothing against Kane. But I sat there and I like thought to myself, I go, Kane's getting inducted before the Undertaker. Yep. Like, like, it's not so. I would have expected him in the Hall of Fame, but I definitely would have expected the Undertaker to be prior. You know, Ben first, 
But like I had mentioned to you when you said that, I think they're doing that on purpose because he's he's a, he's a Texas boy. So you're going to be in Dallas and you want to be in front of the crowd. That's the yeah. perfect place to have The Undertaker go into the Hall of Fame. Agreed. Agreed. No, it just – but, but even still, it's understandable. <clears throat> but if, if, if I went to you – 10 years ago, 15 years ago, Scott. Uh, and it was like, hey, Kane's going in before The Undertaker. You would have looked at me and like, who's this little hobbit who I'm talking to, who I have, <laughs> who are you? Followed by, no way. No, I mean, under, I think under normal circumstances, you're 100% correct. Yeah, no, no, under normal circumstances. Absolutely. Yes. But I'm happy. It's exciting. Yeah. It almost opens the door. It almost feels like he's like the gatekeeper now. I'm all right with that. You know, because, you know, The Undertaker, I mean, he's, uh, he, there's something about him that there's, there's qualities about The Undertaker that almost makes him the best, one of, one of the greats. I don't know what it is. But I just remember being at WrestleMania and he came out to, when he when he wrestled Roman Reigns at 33. Yep. He came out like he was the great, you know, he was the greatest thing in the sport. I will like not, 100 Not his attitude, like like not his personality. His aura. Like his aura. Yeah. Like 100% agree with you because I was the same way when I watched it at 32 when he came out to wrestle Shane McMahon in the Hell in a Cell match. Like, just his entrance. Like, that's the first... I've seen his entrance, I think, once or twice before in my life. But watching that at WrestleMania, that's something I'll never forget. Yeah. Like, I didn't take any real videos during the pay-per-view because I wanted to actually watch it and kind of soak it in. But this is Undertaker's entrance. I videotaped that shit. <laughs> there is because I was I was at Mania, like I said, I was at Mania 33. When the Hardy Boys came out, the fucking Ooh. place erupted. There Ooh. are people who there, there are arguments out there saying that might have been one of the biggest pops in Mania in like in Mania history. Just because it was like just the ener- like the energy that moment. Nobody but, expected it. That was the best part about it. But there's there's something about somebody who can quiet tens of thousands of people in a moment. Right. Oh my god. You can you yeah. can get people screaming and riled up, no problem. But there is something about somebody who can just quiet a room. Just watch in awe. Yeah. It's it's very few and far between. Um, but Taker's definitely one of those guys. So I'm hoping Hoping, hoping that when Dallas rolls around next year, that he is the headliner. So agreed, agreed. Um, but after that, we also got a very one that I just did not see, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I, I know why they did it. Um, we got the great Kali. Mm-hmm. Um, who's getting inducted? Yep. Um, this is this is now. I actually was not watching wrestling, excuse me, during this period, during this time. Because, <laughs> you know, you're so young. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was like one of those things where I, I was, what was that, 2007, 2008, 2009? Yeah, that sounds about right. So I was in, like, high school. 
Uh, by that point, you know, you know, when you're in high school, I don't, don't want to fucking watch. You know, you know, wrestling. By that point, speak I for was, yourself. I was. <laughs> I was heavily involved in Boy Scouts. I had a bunch of other things going on. Mm. Um, I just did. I I didn't. I was not involved in wrestling by this point. But I can understand why they are putting him in there, being like the very first major Indian wrestler. Not just that, but the first Indian WWE champion. Yep. Um. I think you might have more to say about this one than I. I mean, you know, Kali did a lot for, you know, public relations when it came to, you know, bringing more mainstream to, to India from WWE, which is great. I actually enjoyed Kali. Um, yeah, was he, you know, obviously a little goofy at times? Yeah, obviously. Um, the Punjabi prison match, I still don't know how that works. <laughs> Um, and honestly, like, I think his heel run was much better than his face runs. Like, I liked him as a heel. Like, he, like there was one match, I think it was against Rey Mysterio, where he looked like he was going to crush his head and raise, like, bleeding out of his mask and out, out of his mouth. It was, it was a little jarring to watch. And I, I really, I really enjoyed it. So for me, I was just like, okay. This is cool. Good for him. So I'm I'm excited to see what happens. I don't know if he's going to be there to speak or somebody will accept for him. I don't know. But it should be interesting. So the question I have for you is because I, I, I think we know who's going to be inducting Kane. I think that's a given. Um, uh, maybe. There's a few people that could be. Yeah, or, a couple, I, or a couple, I should say. There's a couple, but there's definitely the one that I think everyone would probably go to. Um, but I don't know who, 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 from your knowledge of his career, who do you think would induct Kali into the Hall of Fame? Oh. I'm trying to remember who his manager was back then. Um, I want to say Raja Singh, but I don't think that's correct. Um, but he would probably be a good choice. Oh, let's see. Now I have to look it up. Let's see. Rajan Singh. I was close. I was close. He was he was Kali's manager for quite a while. So I could see him doing it. Um, i trying to think. Who else? Could possibly honestly, I think that would be pretty much it. Fair, fair, okay, okay. So, was there another one that you um? I don't, I don't know if it's verified, but I've seen rumors. Uh, one of a kind. Yes, sir. The whole effing show going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame this year. That the, would... report, the reports have been out for the last couple of days, so I don't know if that's coming out next week or I don't know, but that's what well, I'm hearing. Rob Van Dam. Well, 
I also saw that Sabu dropped it during an interview. He goes, yeah, he's getting inducted. He goes, I wasn't supposed to say anything, but he's getting inducted this year. God damn it, Sabu. Um, <laughs> now, when I was trying to figure out who would induct Rob Van Dam. Oh, God, you could have a laundry list of people. Paul Heyman would be the first one to jump off the, 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 the map. Um, I'd say Jerry Lynn, but right now he's, he's in AEW, so that's probably not going to happen. Um, you could honestly anybody from ECW back in the day could could induct Rob Van Dam, but I could probably say I would probably lean towards uh, Paul Heyman. That would be my choice. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, we're looking forward to it. Hall of Fame is probably one of the <sighs> one of our favorite parts of Mania. This is we, gonna be a long ass show. <laughs> That's yes. all I'm gonna say. They're they're combining 2020 and 2021. Also, this is a an interesting tidbit, and I'm kind of hoping that we'll be able to see this. Batista, due to oblig prior obligations, is not gonna be able to be at the Hall of Fame this year. So that he and WWE both agreed to remove him from the 2020 class and induct him at a later date when he's able to be there. So, of course, my brain went to Dallas also because, selfishly, I would love to be able to sit there and scream Batista's theme song one more time in my life. So, yeah, either that or maybe the following year in Hollywood, which actually might actually work out better for him just because, you know, he's a huge actor as well. So either way, Sam, we're going to be busy the next couple of years or for the rest of our lives if things work out the way they're supposed to. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. man. I love – God, you know, I may love the Rumble as, like, my favorite pay-per-view, but, like, a week in general, WrestleMania is just – you can't touch it. It's just – it's so much fun. Now that I've been able to, like, go to like, – a few uh, access um, places. I've been to a WrestleMania. I've, you know, been in the area of others, and it's just like takeover and right going to takeovers. And now it's just like it's like a drug. Like I'm addicted to it now. Like I want, I want to go. Like I almost like dropped everything and just went to. When it was in freaking Jersey a couple of years ago, just to be in the area for for like the week, and then you know, I, you know, cooler heads prevailed, and <laughs> I talked myself out of it. But it's just, I can't wait to be back in that, just to be with our people. <laughs> as funny as that sounds, it's just like everybody's there to be a fan to get autographs, to, to meet their heroes, to just have a great time, to watch some live wrestling. It's just, God, I could go, I could honestly go to every access if I wasn't wanting to go to all the other stuff that's going on too. And it's not just WWE either. You have all the local indie talent. You have the talent um, that's all around pretty much the world. They all come to the, the general area, wherever WrestleMania is going to be. And throughout the week, they all have their big, Blowout shows. So, and it's fun to see like people that I've watched up here, um, you know, in New England, and you have as well, 
they're either already in the developmentals WWE or they're down there for these shows. So it's it's just it's just such a great time. <laughs> Keeping it's it's funny you mention that. Um, last time there was Mania, the New York one. I, yeah. I'm going to say that. I'm not going to refer to um, last year's. But when there was a crowd, remember we had the we had um, G1 Supercard at the uh, Madison Square Garden. That's right. Yep. Which was a big deal. It was the first non WWE event in almost 60 years at Madison Square Garden. Yeah, it's insane. So, uh, many weeks coming up. We got a lot of wrestling to still talk about, Scott. Um, but first, let's talk about NWA. NWA Power is back, Scott. <sighs> Time to jump back into the fire. Yes, it is. One of talking about fun wrestling promotions, something bringing us back to the good old days of the territories. Um, this this I believe had a lot of fallout from uh, back to the attack, back from the attack. Uh, it was a pretty short show. It looks like um, Velvet Sky was on commentary with Tim Storm and Joe Galley. I saw that. That's that's a that's a good team for commentary. Um, I was pretty happy with that. Camille defeated Alex Gracia, and I think she's the number one contender for the women's title. Oh, that was supposed to be Thunder Rosa. Interesting. Um, Austin Idol introduces uh, Tyrus. So Austin Idol is going to be Tyrus's um, manager, it looks like. All right. And then... Let's see, number one contenders match for the television champion, Fred Rossier, defeated Matt Cross and Marche Rocket. And I'm looking at it, it looks like they actually, yeah, they went, they're back in the TV studio. Nice, good. Um, I'm just kind of, I'm skimming through. I'm, I'm honestly just skimming through quickly. They have screenshots. Thunder Rosa and Molina are talking. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, wow. No, wait a minute. I'm not done. We're not done. Oh, this is going Mike Power defeat Jordan Clearwater. Um, Molina wants to be Thunder Rosa's manager. Interesting. Nick Aldis, Ooh. Tim Latimer, and Chris Adonis defeated J.R. Kratos, Aaron Stevens, and the Pope. Wow. Okay, Scott, I might have to spend $5 for both of us. <laughs> nice. And we might have to jump back into the fire. Because I know you're you're just oh, you want more power. I do. I just pay for enough as it is. And I can't right now. All right, I'll, I'll take I'll take care of us, buddy. I got it. All right, I got you. Got you, boo. <laughs> so, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna hop right over to Tuesday nights, um, which will. Post-Mania, we're going to have some real major changes going on here with our schedule. Uh, first and foremost, Impact will be moving to Thursday nights starting April 8th, which is what? Is that the week of Mania? It's the Yeah, it's the Thursday before WrestleMania. Oh, the second night of Divide and Conquer. Yep. Okay. Well, that, that, that might uh, change our plans. Um, yeah. Well, so, um, I'm literally just thinking how that's going to get live tweeted. 
But yeah. that's, that's neither here nor there. That's a that's a logistical thing for Scott and I. Yeah. Uh, please stay <laughs> tuned. So this Tuesday's impact, really good. Um, we had Kenny Omega show up, um, spitting some mad fire, but we're gonna quickly go through the card. Um opening belt, uh Tasha Steele defeated Alicia. We had Deanna Prazo defeat Jazz. Rematch for the X Division Championship. Um, Ace Austin defeated... No, TJP defeated Austin by disqualification. Um, Matt Cardona had a quick interview. Um, Falaba took on Rahit Raju with Raju getting the win. Kenny... I'll get to the Kenny moment in a bit. Um, Trey Miguel took on AC Mer- uh, Romero in one. I think Trey Miguel's becoming my favorite fucking Impact star right now. He's just so good. Um, I knew there was a promo with Tommy Dreamer ta- bringing, oh, who's wrestling at Hardcore Justice? Because um, that is coming up. For those of you who don't have anything to do, you know, like the weekend of WrestleMania. Um, because, you know, nobody does anything WrestleMania week, Scott. No, nobody. No, nobody. Nothing. Nope. Um, ah, I can't even pull up the card. What the fuck? Uh, so, there was a whole, um, there was like this whole bit, um, I forgot who's wrestling who at Hardcore Justice. I'm going to have to... We'll have to pull up that card a little later. Um, and then Carl Anderson defeated Eddie Edwards in the main event. But I want to talk about this Kenny promo. Because Kenny was in the Impact ring. Um, with in, um, the man himself, the Invisible Hand, Don Callis. <laughs> Whole fucking bit on... You know, Rich Swan, I was going to kick his ass, and how nobody's kicked out of the one wing angel, and da 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 da. Yeah, we know the story. We've yep. done the song and dance before. Yep. So, with that being said, in the midst of all that, Kenny starts having. Um, this, is, this is the thing I took out of it. And I think I was one of the few people to point this out. Um,. So the whole time this is going on, you know, Don Cal starts naming people that Kenny Omega's been with and why he's the best wrestler in the world. Kenny finally goes, Don, don't stop. We're going to continue. So he starts listing people off himself at the end, end of it. And, it's, and it wasn't like he said it purposely, but it was so subtle. If you didn't catch it, you would have never noticed. But he goes, yeah, I'm better than Ke- uh, Kota Ibushi. And Don Cal's like, Kota Ibushi. Like, it was so subtle. I had to sit there and think about it. I'm like, did I hear that right? <laughs> right? Like, wait a minute. <laughs> and there's a lot of things there that are said. And I know people are like... So I was watching a documentary on the, the Bullet Club. And I know people who've been paying attention to wrestling a lot more than I do are more familiar with how, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, his original tag team partner was Kota Ibushi. And even when Cody joined bullet club and tried to separate and attack coda you know nobody got between coda abushi and kenny omega it didn't matter who kenny was with he never has ever turned on coda 
and he said this. And this, this, I think this detail is very, very important. Mm-hmm. Especially with Kota Ibushi having both belts right now. Oh, Sam. If this goes where I think it's going. To the moon? Oh, <laughs> well, that's, that's, uh, that's another night. We'll talk about that a little bit later, too. But, oh, man, if we're going to end up having Kenny Omega with what possibly four titles it's insane no 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 five titles oh that's right because he already has he already has two i forgot about triple a's insanity what is love Mm. baby don't hurt me no more because that was totally relevant to anything we just talked about um (laughs) Yeah. That's all she wrote. It's, it's I'm, pretty insane. I'm just thinking about it. Like, think about it. I, 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 I... Of course, when you did that, I immediately thought of Limp Biscuit. <laughs> oh, when, you said, when you said think about it, I was just like, what? <laughs> I'm like, are we doing a B-side track and nobody told me? You've been punked! <laughs> so, yeah, Impact was good. Um, a lot of emphasis on Rebellion at the end of April. Hardcore Justice on April 10th. First night of Mania. You know, got nothing going on that night. You know, no, uh, no. that's going on. Yeah. You know, priorities. Right. So let's hop over to Wednesday nights. Wednesday, also, maybe not an... Not a war anymore. Not that it's been a war. You know, we just like to call it a war because it makes it interesting. Right. Scott, do you want to start with uh, USA or TNT? Which channel we want to start with? Oh, let's see. Well, from our discussion last night, you said that NXT was on fire. So let's start with TNT. We'll okay. finish off. With the boys over at USA. Okay, okay. Let's 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 do that. Let's do that. Help me, help you, help <laughs> me, help you. I'm just throwing references out today. You know what? That's fine. We are we are pulp, pulp. <laughs> I really thought of Pulp Fiction, so I went right for <laughs> my God. Yeah, we are, we are you know pulp again. Pop culture icon. That's what we are today, Sam. <laughs> yeah, we are. Pop culture aficionados. So, first and foremost, Dynamite was pretty solid. Um, granted, it was hard to beat the main event from last week. Whew. Right. Um, first and foremost, the opening match. Matt Saddle taking on Kenny Omega. You know, I was, I'm not, again, I've watched enough Matt Seidel at this point where I'm like, he's good. And I'm like, like, I'm like, he's good. And maybe this was Kenny. But this match was really good. Yeah, it was. I had a lot of fun. There was a, if there's anything about this match in the main event, there was a handful of near falls where I was convinced. I was really convinced that the other result was going to happen. 
Like, there was times where I'm like, there's no way. Matt's going to do it. He's actually going to beat Kenny. He's going to beat Kenny. There's no... I'm like, I'm like, this isn't part of the narrative. Which, I mean... Just, just, just imagine. I mean, if they started doing shit like that, right? Throwing wrenches and everything. Be a pain. Yeah, I'd be. That would be insane. You know, but you know, obviously, Kenny came out on top on this one. Good, good, just golden. Oh my god, so good. Matt Seidel has a lot of my. He's he's garnered my support. I like him. I really like him after that match. Um, following that, we had Hangman Page take on Caesar Benoni. Oh, I totally hacked up his name on on Twitter. Then, huh? Yep, that's not his name. <laughs> I spelt it Caesar, not Cesar. That's right, whatever. Yeah. Um, this was pretty much like um. What's the word I'm looking for? Um. Squash match almost, kind of. Yeah. Kinda. Um, I think just was it just before this he had a little promo with them. Uh, Hangman, yes. Yeah, it was just before. And let me tell you, Dark Order promos kill me. They went from being the we like the the the, the cult to like. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> like a bunch of schoolgirls. Oh my god. Just it's like look, I've been, practicing, I've been practicing. Yep, yep. Cover drop. Oh, yeah, do it again. Coffee drop. You know, doing the side stuff. <laughs> it's fantastic. Oh, my God. Dude, John Silver has so much energy. Like, I'm not going to lie. I know he's not he, – he doesn't meet the criteria of what, you know, the heavyweight champion would be in, like, stature. Man, you give him a – you put him on the, 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 the upper card of things. Because <sighs> yep. he's great in the ring, and he has great charisma and great mic work. He has the package. He's the full package. He is. He's, he, he is a fun size package. And he's always hungry. Johnny Hungy. Johnny Hungy. <laughs> um, <laughs> so following that, we had a... Again, like, more people getting on the mic. What the fuck is going on? You know, uh, Lance Archer cutting a promo on Sting. Are we going to get Sting taken on Archer? Well, I'd be all right with that. You know, uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, following that, we had uh, Skiavone, you know, Skiavone. you know, interviewing uh, Britt after, um, after the match. Goddamn Britt Baker. Oh, my goodness gracious. What a fire promo she dropped. It, you know what's crazy? Around the same time last year, actually, let's let's make an argument. Where was this? Um, I I'm I I have I I have twenty twenty. Was it twenty twenty? Was it twenty? It was twenty twenty. So. A little over a year ago, while she's doing this, I'm thinking of the promo she cut on the boat. Where everyone was like, dude, what the hell just happened? Like, this was garbage. Like, everyone, like, I thought everyone thought she was tanking and that she was going down the, like, going down the hole. And here she is having the, one of the best matches on Dynamite. 
cutting some of the best promos on Dynamite. Yep. Awesome. It was awesome. Um, a lot of trios matches tonight, too. Um, we got to see the Pinnacle make their first in-ring debut. Mm. Um, you know, FTR and Sean Spears taking on the Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. Also, prior to this, we actually get to see uh, Christian Cage have a little bit of a chit-chat. Yes. Set his first match up, too. Against Frankie Kazarian. Now, I have not watched him on TNA. You know, and I knew that they were both on at the same time. Yep. But I'm actually super excited for this one. It, it should be good. And it's funny that you mentioned TNA because the moment this happened, and I obviously was, was live tweeting, you know, on USA, I happened to scroll across on Twitter, Impact, and their wonderful social media group posting the match, uh, one of the matches that Frankie Kazarian and uh, Christian Cage had together at Impact. So I'm just like, there they are. They're on the ball yet again. So this, this, so if you want a, a match to watch, go find Impact's Twitter and, and they'll give you that match right there. But it's going to be interesting. Seven years, it's a long time. See if Christian still has it with, uh, with Frankie. I'm looking forward to that match next week. Oh, same. Same. I cannot wait. Um, and there's so many other matches. I've been look, I'm looking for the card. For next week, because it's just so good. Yeah, they um, threw they threw out a lot of matches like towards the last like five minutes of the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, anyways, we had the Pinnacle taking on Varsity Blondes and Dante Martin. I'm really loving the push of the Varsity Blondes. Yeah, it's nice to see them getting a push. You know, they're really talented. Both. It was funny because Griff was like the first guy on the indie scene who they're like. Like like during COVID. Oh yeah, here's uh, Griff Garrison. Yeah, yeah, he's gonna get squashed by somebody. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's like, he's like a lower card guy, and he's good. Yep. And he's with Brian Pillman Jr., who is like his father. Yep. Um, and the coolest thing about this match was Sean Spears got the pin on this one. Yep. Somebody who people were bitching about. Oh, he's just he's back in. You know, he's getting treated like he did in WWE. This and that. You know, for whatever reason, maybe he wanted to do that. Maybe, you, you know, you got to keep in mind, you know, maybe some of the shit that we see wrestlers do, they do it because they want to do that because they're either achy or, you know, they just, they don't, they don't, you know, you know just maybe yep. them. As much as we want to see them do all the really cool shit, maybe it's them. But Sean Spears got the pin. It was exciting. I, I love the, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the intensity of the pinnacle right now. Yes. It's um, it's it's literally a perfect group, if you think about it, because you have the, the one of the best tag teams in the world in FTR. You have Wardlow, who is the powerhouse of the group. You have Tully Blanchard, who is the minds behind, you know the brains behind everything and the manager. You have Sean Spears, who's a utility player, can do pretty much anything. And then you have MJF. And do we really need to say anything about MJF? Like, this man will lead wrestling for the next 20 years. And if you disagree, you're wrong. Sorry, I'm very open to people's opinions, but to say MJF is... No, you're wrong. Wrong. Dummy. Dummy, yeah. 
We'll talk about that in a little bit too. <laughs> well, um, we also have an exhibition match between QT Marshall and uh, Cody. Um, yeah, that's another one. I'm very interested to see what's going on. Like, for the longest time, I thought QT would have, would have retired by now and, and just settled into his, ba- his, you know, his backstage role and whatnot, but he's clearly turning heel against the, against the Nightmare family, and I want to see how they're going to ed- execute this. So, should be interesting. Especially with Arn Anderson being the special guest ref for this. Yeah. Yeah, this will be good. Um, so following that, we had another trios match. You know, the boxing Brandon Cutler taking on Lucha Bros and Laredo Kid. Yeah. Um, again, it's cool to see Brandon Cutler on Dynamite. Brandon. Yeah. Um, Brandon's looking gay. I didn't realize Laredo Kid has been out of AEW that long. Was it two years? They said. Yeah, I think he was there. Night one, and then kind of disappeared, and he's only recently been been back. Blows my mind. I'm just I'm I'm lost for words. But uh, this was a good match. This is exactly what you'd expect from the Bucks and the Lucha Bros. Um, Laredo Kid getting the pin on Brandon. Yep. You know, great, great match. You know, also at the end where you know Kenny comes out. Very important. Kenny comes out, lose it. He's lost his fucking mind. Oh my god! I love him. Oh I love. I just love how look, he he's goes, so unhinged right now. It's not even funny. <laughs> he plays a good crazy person. That's what I love about Kenny. <laughs> he really does. Um, but like the Bucks walked away from Kenny, and you know that's a friendship that that's what started the elite. That was the elite. Yep. So I'm curious where that is going going to go. Um, I love how during that whole segment where Kenny was essentially guilting the Bucks for him leaving Japan. Which that, is something else that goes with what I said prior. I know. I'm telling you, and I, agree, I was just saying, I'm agreeing with you. Something big is going to happen. And it's going to be absolutely batshit crazy. We're going to get Ibushi and Kenny probably as both double champions because, sorry, Rich Swan, Kenny's taking the Impact Championship. And then we're going to have double champion versus double champion for all the championships. Or I should say triple champion versus double champion. Unless Ibushi decides to take the IC title or whatever else t- secondary title that they have. This is already IC title champion. No, remember the IC like, title has been merged. Oh, that's right. They merged it. So he's not technically a double champion. And then, but he, anymore. but they don't have a new belt because right. they're carrying both belts. Right. So, all right. So it's still this, there's, there's five championships that could move. And Kenny's probably gonna have all of them. He's gonna turn into Ultimate Dragon, and we're gonna be we're gonna we're gonna have to deal with him being so insufferable for so long because I don't know who can actually beat Kenny Omega. So I'm I don't know who. 
if he gets all the infinity belts and he snaps his fingers, does that mean <laughs> half of wrestling dies? <laughs> no, I was gonna say something more along the lines of like, is it more like you know WWE's pay per views get cut to half? Like they go back to the big five, to and do then we don't it, have to please. watch pay per views once a month. <laughs> please do it. I will be okay with that. Oh God. Oh, even even six, one every other month. I'm okay with that. It gives the the writers chance to actually plan out an actual feud and do it correctly instead of just throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. <laughs> yeah. But um no, this is good. I'm liking this, you know. There's a lot of certainty because I think we we all know where it's going, but there's also a lot of uncertainty with the mm-hmm. thing. We we um, we know the end game. We just don't know how we're going to get there. Keep in mind I'm gonna. I want to throw things out there, and it'd be kind of tough, but um, they're still doing stuff with NWA, so it's oh my god! Don't don't have him take the title from Nick Aldis. Oh god! <laughs> Sorry, oh god. I, Kenny, Kenny with all the belts, literally all of them, and then he'll invade WWE by himself and take all the titles. He'll be like an eighteen. 18- Championship person. He'll even take like the women's championships on both shows because he'll end it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> he'll find a way. There's all these it's... memes out there with everybody having like any wrestler having every title. Kenny can actually do it legit, legitimately. And what would happen? This is this is how this is going to happen, Scott. And what's going to happen is once Kenny Omega gets all the belts and goes to WWE, gonna we're gonna we're, uh, play along with me, folks. Um, he's gonna go there. Nobody's gonna be able to beat them. He's gonna beat Roman Reigns. He's gonna beat Bobby Lashley. He's gonna beat Asuka. And somehow, by a stipulation that really wasn't put in the paperwork, he's gonna run into R Truth. R Truth is gonna pin him for whatever reason, and R Truth is gonna get all the belts. <laughs> what a great way to end the career. I love it. You have R Truth all the titles, all of them. I mean, oh he does God. deserve them. He, he, he does. He does. So, the main event, kind of like I was saying with the opening bout, um, Darby Allen put on the uh, TNT champion sh- uh, Championship against the line against a member of the Dark Order, which happened to be John Silver. Again, this was a match that was just jaw-dropping. Like, there were so many near falls on this one. I thought John Silver was walking away a champion. Um, Dark Order got involved. Um, Matt Hardy's Sting. group was also involved too. Just like you said, Sting was there too. Yeah, it, it, it was getting a little hairy towards the end. Um, I also saw that John Silver legitimately hurt his shoulder during the match. I don't know. I'm sure you obviously noticed like how he was wincing, but yeah, uh-huh. it looks like he he looks like he he actually hurt himself. Um, he, from what I'd read, I think on his Twitter that the docs the docs don't think it's it's serious, but it's still something that he has to pay attention to. So I'm like, ah, oh, that sucks. So um The news of Silver's injury I mean, this might have been on the pay-per-view, was it? I mean on the pay-per-view, the uh, podcast. Um Silver mentioned it. Silver tweeted it. Um, Silver's injury was revealed by Allen after uh, Dynamite went off the air. Oh, maybe it was like, you know, where they take the mic out. 
I don't think anyone knows, but I'm pretty sure you dislocated your shoulder about halfway through that match. But goddamn, did you put everything into it? And I'm down to do it again anytime. Thank you, John. Thank you. Mm. What a, it was a good match. It that was. It was, yeah. We talk about. We talk about the future of the future of any talent. That that's that. Like, yeah. Agreed, 100%. Um, it's good. It was great. Um, but also, interestingly enough, April 9th, by the way, guys, AEW's doing a house show, non-televised event. I know. The first time that... in over a year. Well, they didn't. have they ever done a house show? Yeah, they've done house shows. I didn't think AEW did any house shows. I thought they were all tapings. They... Well, maybe you're right. So yeah, maybe this is their first ever health show. Uh, so that, oh, jeez, it's a good time, good time had by all. Um, however, let's talk about things before the go home show for next week, Scott. <sighs> oh, NXT boy. delivered again. Oh. The, the amount of hype I have for the main event of night two is just going to be astronomical. Can't wait. My God. So we jump right in with women's tag action. Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai taking on NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai and the emerging Zoe Stark. And, uh, you know, I've been singing the praises of her since I first watched her match in NXT because I didn't really get a chance to watch her indie stuff, so I didn't really know what to expect. But, my God, is she she's coming on real quick, and I'm, I'm here for it. Yes, she did get pinned, which is fine, because you're still rookie, you still got to pay your dues, it's just how it works. But the match was, was outstanding. Uh, Raquel definitely making a statement towards EO, and that match will be something to look out for. That could be a, a dark horse, you know, match of the night candidate for night one, I believe. I believe they're on night one. So we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for it. After that, we got to, uh, let somebody talk to us for a few minutes. And uh, L.A. Knight took on Bronson Reed. Now, I, I won't say I'm completely surprised, but I'm a little surprised. The Thick Boy went over, which that doesn't surprise me. But the fact that L.A. Knight has come on the scene so strong that I expected him to find some way to, to get the win, but... In typical rookie fashion, WWE says, no, 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 that's not how this is going to work. Whether this will be just the beginning of a new feud, I'm not sure. I hope so. But Bronson Reed getting that big victory over LA Knight, shutting him up for just a little bit. But, like I said, we'll find out next week if that turns into anything else. We then, I completely forgot about this at the top of the show. Um, William Regal announced that Danny Birch 
has suffered, I believe it was a separate shoulder, and he is out for six plus months. So in doing so, they had to relinquish the NXT Tag Team Championships, which will now be settled in a triple threat match at NXT TakeOver. And we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But my goodness, um, talk about terrible luck for for Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan because they were they were you know trying to make some waves, especially with Pat McAfee not being on the scene and um, Pete Dunn just doing Pete Dunn things. So they were trying to make their names for themselves, but unfortunately, it's not to be. So Oni Lorcan. Trying to get some revenge for his partner, took on Karrion Cross, and I believe you know how that went. Karrion <laughs> uh, Cross uh, gets the win, and then we had Finn come out and uh, had a nice little stare down. Fantastic promos by both of them, and I'm ready for this for this match as well. I, I- want to know who's going to be the NXT champion. I love the wording between the two of them. They're so, goes, they're so, so smart. Oh, what did Carrion say? He goes, he goes, you know, I had, you know, I have respect for you because at first I thought you were a man who, what do you say? The way he, the way he worded it, where he's like, it was like he gained respect for him because of the way, because, he thought they had mutual respect, but he respects the fact that he didn't. Like, he has more respect for him because of he didn't respect him. Or so, like, the way he worded it in that promo, yeah. I'm like... And, and I love how he said that Finn had malice in his attack last week, which caused um, Scarlett to get knocked over. I believe it was... It might have been actually Danny who bumped into her after Finn did his drop is running drop kick. So, but yeah, I, I love how Finn just fires back about how Cross is fighting with his his emotion, which is his weakness. And it's just like, it's a mental chess game between these two. And I'm just sitting here like salivating over this. I love a good, IQ, a good wrestling IQ and a promo war of words. Oh, God, sign me up. <laughs> okay, guess what? We just had a back-to-back moment here. Because guess what? There's somebody else who went out to uh, settle the score because somebody of his went missing. That's right. Oh, we had Walter taking on Drake Maverick. Oh, my God. I, I literally said a prayer for Drake Maverick before this match started because I was expecting death. And, well... Thankfully, Walter ended it quickly. Um, no, the ref ended it, remember? Well, that's right. I forgot. That's right. My God. Because Walter put him in that single-league Boston Crab, and then the ref's like, nope, we're done. <laughs> and then after that, well, Champa comes out, drops this great promo, says that he misspoke, that, you know, he was – you know, he had originally said that he was impressed by Walter, but he was really impressed by the title belt that Walter wears. 
So at NXT TakeOver, Stand and Deliver, we're getting Tommaso Ciampa versus Volter for the United Kingdom Championship. I want to I wanna let you know what I saw when Walter decided to do the chop again. Oh. And my, my recovering chest cavity from last week, once again. <laughs> Completely crushed. Completely crushed. I... Scott, I'm like sitting here thinking about it, and I'm like, Walter, he needs to be because i've never heard him speak too like I'm, i don't hear walter speak a lot that's true but he, he was good you know he had he he had he can talk he's he is a decent talker mm-hmm. he somebody needs to give him the wwe championship it, it just it also infuriated me at survivor series a couple years ago when walter was on the nxt team and he was the first one eliminated. You don't understand how much that aggravated me, but the crowd certainly knew because they shat on the rest of that match until Keith Lee decided to just become Keith Lee. But the man needs to stay in NXT because that disrespect will happen again, and I will not stand for it. <laughs> Oh, I a hundred percent understand that. Like, but I know uh, what you mean. Like, he he should be running the show. But I mean, he's been the long now. He's the, definitely the longest rating UK champ. I believe he's over seven hundred days. I believe they said it's just that's insanity how long it's been. Yeah, you're talking uh, about you know if he goes a thousand days, you're looking at that's territory. unheard of. That's yeah, that's unheard of in nowadays wrestling. Yeah, that hasn't been a champion that's held the belt that long in longer than my lifetime. Maybe longer than your lifetime. Definitely longer than my lifetime. Well you're talking about Harley Race Ric Flair with the NWA title. Right. Yeah. And 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 some of Hogan's runs too. And you know Maybe over in Japan. Maybe over in Japan. That's true, maybe. But Walter would be such a fucking like he's not the guy with the cool get up like Roman. Nope. He's not He's a ring general. He you know and he and he, uh, and he dresses like a private. He doesn't have any like decorations or anything. He just has his jacket, his hand postures, and he just slaps the shit out of you. <laughs> he has he has enough power in him where I'm just like he needs to be in the forefront. And I know he needs to probably stay in NXT because of the dishonor he'd get. But, like, in a perfect world, Scott. Right. That's my perfect world. I agree. I, see. I, I know what you mean. I am picking up what you're putting down. But speaking of picking things up and putting them down, we shift gears to go towards our NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon taking on Aaliyah and an old friend of the Robert Stone brand, Mercedes Martinez, because Jesse Kamea is unfortunately out with an injury. So Robert Stone needed to basically bribe Mercedes Martinez with money 
to rejoin the Robert Stone brand for one night only. Well, it didn't work out in their favor with Shotzi and Ember Moon retaining. And now Robert Stone is trying to withhold payment. And I'm pretty sure Martinez is going to kill him. <laughs> so we'll probably see that next week. Uh, we then had probably another match of the night with the quote-unquote NXT Cruiserweight champion Jordan Devlin taking on and defeating Kushida in a non-title match, which then brought out Legato de Fantasma, which then we ended off with Santos Escobar and Jordan Devlin both standing in the ring, and then a familiar, familiar heartbreaking music started. And we had a sexy boy enter the enter the arena. Shawn Michaels himself, cowboy hat and all, walks down to the ring, picks up the ring apron, drags out a ladder, throws the ladder in the ring conveniently between both Jordan and Santos. So their match for the Cruiserweight Championship to unify this belt is now a ladder match. And I'm just like, oh, yes. So, yeah. Mm. You're missing something. You're missing something after that. That led into the next segment that you kind of were like, you posted on Twitter, and I saw it. About a little tease when oh. Shawn Michaels walked back. God damn it. God damn it. Yes. Uh, so before the contract signing, we see Adam Cole, baby, baby. with <laughs> his guards about to come out. And who does he run into? But Shawn Michaels as he's coming down the backstage ramp, and Shawn just kind of stops for a moment and just looks at and just looks at Adam Cole, and Adam Cole returns the you know returns the the gaze, and I'm just like I literally gripped my couch, and I had my phone in my lap. I'm just like, oh my god, I want that so bad. It's never going to happen, but I want it so bad. So I'm like, don't tease me with this. So that, yeah, that was, I thought that would be the highlight of my night. And then the contract signing happened. I have, I was already, I was already excited for this match because I've seen Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole go at it in ROH. And I know what these two could bring. Obviously, Adam Cole has just been head and shoulders above most people in NXT since he's been here. The Undisputed Era has been a powerhouse. But now that they're completely done, and even before all of this, towards the very beginning of the show, Roddy went up to Kyle and tried to, like, say, you know, try to make a, not make amends per se, because he really didn't do anything wrong to, to Kyle, but try to keep the boys together. And Kyle's like, we're done, Roddy. It's over. Go home. Pretty much. <laughs> Roddy clearly got pissed off, and then he attacked Cameron Grimes afterwards, 
because Cameron Grimes wanted to buy the, the rights to Undisputed Era because Cameron Grimes now has more money than God. So He's a businessman. He understands. Exactly. You know, you want to sell it before it liquidates. And, well, Roddy didn't take too kindly to that, and he attacked Cameron Grimes in the back. So I'm sure that'll turn into a takeover match, which I'm completely okay with. But going back to this contract signing, Kyle Riley still is not medically cleared to wrestle. But Regal cannot stand these two attacking each other, getting cops involved. Adam Cole went to Kyle Riley's jiu-jitsu uh, building and, and, and attacked each other. It's like this, this is like a never-ending personal feud. And, Watching all this stuff develop, I was just like, all right, they're making this super real. I like that. It's not just happening at the show. It's happening outside the show. So it makes it a lot more realistic. So Regal says, the only way I can do this is that we're going to have to have an unsanctioned match. Of course, he says it in, in a much better way because he's William Regal and he's a fucking god. So, (laughs) oh my god, (laughs) a one-on-one war games. Oof. Um, It's just so the promos that both Cole and and Kyle Riley delivered were just like they were. They weren't even like pot shots at each other. They were haymakers at each other. And the thing is, they hit every single time they said something. And I was just like in complete awe of this. I loved it so much. So they both sign it. Kyle, I don't remember what he exactly what he had said, but he pissed off Cole so bad. Cole literally whips the table, and the guards that are all there are holding both of them back, and they're within like a foot or a foot and a half of each other, and they're screaming at one another. And I'm just like, I'm slamming my little table I have in front of my television. I'm like, yes! <laughs> Let them fight! Like, I was completely hyped by the end of this. I'm just like, I want this right now. So I actually had discovered while I was starting to watch Dynamite that there was an extra segment that happened after the year. I don't know if you saw this or not, Sam. Nope. But so Kyle Riley gets in the ring. And he has the mic, and he's basically just demanding that Cole comes out. We're not going to wait until the you know NXT. I want to kick your ass right now. So there's guards and Regal still out there, kind of in between the ramp and the ring. Cole makes his way back up onto the ramp, attacks the guards, the security guards that are there, and he laid out Regal himself. To get back to the ring before, like, four guards, like, enveloped him and, and yanked him back. And you just see, as as Cole's being dragged back up the ramp, you see Regal kind of getting back to his feet. And he had that heel look to his eye, staring at Cole. And I'm just like, oh, like, you know, yeah. Like, there were, there were some some... Very, yeah, I, I don't know how to articulate this, but I was very excited watching that. So, because I'm a huge Regal fan, I have been 
ever since I first started watching wrestling. And um, I don't care all the goofy shit that he did. It was just, I've so, always been a huge fan. So are you thinking what you think you're thinking might happen down the road? Oh, I don't think so because I think Regal's officially done. But I would, oh, man, I would have loved to have Regal go after Cole. And, oh, man. Like, I kind of got it when back in the very early days of NXT when Regal was um, still just a commentator. And he got to wrestle one last time on NXT because uh, of his opponent that was just coming after him and just kept, like, like berating him on commentary. And it got so bad that Regal said, enough is enough. And they were able to fight. And of course, as I'm saying all this, I can see the person's face that he fought, but I don't, I don't remember who it was. It might have actually been Corey Graves, but I don't know if that's 100 percent correct. I don't remember at this moment either that or Cassius Ono. But it was just I love that, and I wanted that for so long. And now that he's a GM, I always still think maybe that maybe he'll get one more match. Somebody will piss him off just that much. And it'll make him, you know, I don't know it'll, if it'll cost him his, his GM position to have one more, like, just go at it, fight. But I think at this point in his career. And also, first of all, why in God's name is William Regal not in the Hall of Fame? Yeah. Probably one of the greatest British wrestlers of all time. All time. Yeah, absolutely. So... We need to, if we need to start a hashtag trend for, for, for William Regal to be in the Hall of Fame at some point, it needs to happen because I want to go up to this man, shake his hand, and thank him for everything that he does for this company and for wrestling in a whole. Just goals, Sam. Goals. <laughs> hashtag goals. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. It is our last episode before our go-home show. Stan delivers in two weeks. Guys, we're hyped. And we're not talking about hype bros hype. But like We're legit hyped. This is <laughs> exciting. Hype bros have nothing on us right now. <laughs> nope. We could out-hype the hype bros. So, guys, thank you for listening. And if you don't already do so, please follow us on Twitter at Media underscore Bedlam. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Bedlam Media. You can find myself as the SOB official, Scott as Scotty J Stream, and Jerry as the Jinxist. That's J I N X I S T. Uh, you can find us on all streaming platforms. Uh, currently, still working on Pandora. If you cannot find us on something, please let us know, um, and we will make sure we can get ourselves on there for you. Um, and whatever you listen to us on, please like, subscribe, comment, review. Let people know why Above the Ring and Bedlam Media is the podcast that they need to listen to. Thank you guys for listening. This has been Above the Ring. Please like us, subscribe, follow, and do not forget to join the Bedlam. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? 
Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.